Nobody wanna see us together. <laughs> Should I start every intro now? With a song? With the Go song. ahead. Do, um. Do. Do. What do. Diddy dum diddy do. We're okay. recording, honey. Well. <sighs> Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Dear Frankie podcast. I am your host, Chris, here with my wife, Nikki. Annyeonghaseyo. Today's topic is NPR style. Ew, or, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's <Today's>, not. <laughs> okay, for real. So, Nikki finally got up the guts to do it, and by popular demand, I don't know how popular it is. Maybe but, like four people. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, we want to cover dad angst. Father um, angst. Yeah. Um... Is there is there a reason you? Because there's a reason why I changed. I even changed calling my. <laughs> all right. So growing up, I used to call my dad, <laughs> Daddy. Daddy. <laughs> but I feel like that's a very Filipino. <laughs> no, you don't say it, Daddy. You say Daddy. <laughs> or yeah, you know, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Y- yeah. Oh. Or some some kind is of. Is it because of the recent? But it's still <laughs> change of people calling it like daddy no it's like weird no 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 it was never like that it was just i mean because i still hear little little kids call their little boy kids calling Mm. their dad daddy yeah um i have no problems with it but when i lost i that's when i changed though and i think he noticed it was when i kind of lost more respect for him is when i stopped calling him that i just shortened it up and just called him dad oh yeah so and, um, are you are you willing to divulge the the cause of the change from daddy to dad? Yeah, I don't mind um, because my dad's a mm, yeah. For the most part, I feel like he's a changed person. And there's a lot more that he has to do to get my trust back. But you know, my dad was kind of he, he was a pretty stereotypical filipino dad like sure. from there yeah i don't know he smoked he drank um when he drank too much he was happy but belligerent but always he was a happy drunk but when if he did the slightest thing wrong though mm. that knocked him off his being happy it was like you messed up his whole mood and mm. he wasn't gonna let that go Mm. so whether that's uh and i my father never really hit me hit me like hard hard enough i guess he hit me but it wasn't like it wasn't anything like i was knocked out or was anything. it like a shove or no I think a punch he, or yeah it was a punch but it was nothing like um i don't know i think he held back because first of all Growing up, I thought my dad was the strongest man <laughs> ever, you know. And a lot of people can attest to that, you know. He's over here. Yeah, I've heard some stories. Yeah, throwing heads through windshields. He's breaking concrete like... Like uh, it's nothing. Yeah. yeah. Um, And uh, I just always knew... I was like, man, he's strong. Like for for his height and weight, mm. that he had like some Manny Pacquiao strength, I guess. I don't know. It, it, it was either that or 
you know, beer gave him strength. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just knew never to really mess with him. So I, when he did hit me that one, one time, I knew that he was holding back. But that didn't necessarily, uh, that wasn't the, the time that changed my perception of him. Growing up, he was very, um, he was just a go-to-work guy. When he gets home, he has a beer, then he has another beer. I don't know, maybe a six-pack a night, something like that. Mm. Um, Sounds a lot like the, the, <laughs> the, the fathers I see in movies where they don't really talk to their kids yeah he didn't they talk just to go me home much. drink beer watch tv fall asleep on the couch and, and he like never that. fell asleep on the couch he would always go upstairs like he knew when it was enough for him to knock out mm. um but you know he was never very interested in my school he would he would try to act like it but you know my mom would probably tell him to hey go over there and <laughs> As your son, how school would, was. Would you say the drinking, like he was an alcoholic? Yeah, for a while. Yeah. He felt, I felt like he relied on it. Mm. Um, it it's just something different when you have to drink every day. Um, you know, because he was drinking, man. Eventually, and I'm telling you guys, because we grew up poor. You know, it wasn't a good six pack. It wasn't like a Budweiser or whatever 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 beer you want to drink yingling or anything like that he was drinking the bottom of the bottom mm. and then eventually he couldn't afford six packs so he needed the steel. 40s yeah so he was getting well do they make steel reserve in 40s yeah 40 ounce cans so mm. you know he was drinking steel reserve gross i've never had it Cold and 45 i don't think i'll ever want it gross <laughs> <laughs> he was drinking all the gross stuff that didn't taste great but like it gave you enough of a the alcohol content is through the roof yeah. or what the, i mean look <laughs> I, and i was a drinker you know maybe that's where i got it from was from him but he that's the stuff that he was drinking so i never really got anything from my dad and that's what i feel like even when we talk now it's always just like a quick cordial hey what are you doing da, 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 da. you never and then, get to ban like bond no the the only time we ever really bonded or shared a hug oh, oh. was when uh we my mom had to go into surgery for i, I want to say she had a she had bypass surgery on her heart and i don't know it was, can you have five valves i don't know they called it sequential bypass pass valve surgery I, maybe i'm getting it wrong i don't know but they replaced all her valves or something like that in her heart and uh my dad had got worried like you know maybe she she won't make it or something like well, that. well she was also at a kind of the age where yeah she was like 55 oh, yeah yeah she was around 55 and you know there there was a lot of concern you know, because back then, it's not like how they do it now. This is when, like, you get the big... The big scar. Yeah, the big scar in your chest. And they crack open your... Your ribs. Your ribs and oh, stuff. Wow. Yeah, so it was like the recovery process was long. My dad didn't necessarily know how to process it yet because this was the most... This is like intense an intense thing. surgery. Yeah. yeah. So I remember um, he was by my mom's side and then 
you know, um, we, well, no, I think the surgery was just taking a long time and we didn't stay there. We mm-hmm. ended up going home just to get our mind off of it and, yeah. and stuff like that. You know, it wasn't very far down the street. It was only like 10 minutes down the road. And we went home and then when we parked, we got to the door and I'm about to put the key inside the inside the doorknob to open it. And then he just starts breaking down and crying and he says, you know, your mom's in surgery. I don't know if she's going to make it and maybe she's going to die and da, 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 da. And he was like, it, it was a really, um, it was an awakening for him almost because that was like the most I've ever seen him say he loved my mom. Like, Aww. I don't even, I've never heard them say they love each other like that. Mm. But I just knew it was just kind of like one of those things. It was like, it was known. Yeah, maybe they said it in private to themselves or something like that. They never said it in front of me. Um, but they, you know, they get lovey-dovey, but the word love never came out of their mouths like mm. that. Like, you know. So when when that happened, that's when I was like, oh, he can be human. <laughs> Um, was that the first time you saw him cry? Other than funerals, like of yeah, yeah. you know his sister or his mom or something like that. But yeah, he very seldom did he cry. Um, very manly, macho. Your dad was the machismo. Yeah, type very, guy. yeah. So he he wasn't crying for a whole lot, mm. and then if he did cry, it was like one of them the silent, small tear one and tear then the, the dust. Corner. Yeah, he's like, you just wipe it right off your cheek and keep it moving, right? Mm, he was that guy. I see. And um, so for me to see him break down like that, I was like, oh, okay, that brings it to a new world, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, right after the surgery, life went back to normal. He kept uh, he kept on his ways. Um, and then, you know, it just fell apart for us in terms of like i've never really trusted my dad with information like i never talked to him about like what's going on or anything like that we're always just like passing by and just say hello so i've never had a relationship with my father like that something i wish we did but maybe the communication barrier wasn't there um and, you know, a lot of that could have been avoided, too, because if he talked to me more in Bigolano or more in Tagalog or something like that, maybe I would have picked up more, you know. Well, yeah. Well, they still try to speak to you in Bigolano when they call you. Yeah. But it's very... I mean, but speak to me not in go wash the dishes and then that's it. Oh, I see. Come and eat. You're talking about I like, want a real conversation yeah, when he's like saying a relationship. Well, I think we even talked about this before. I think back then parents were so run down and tired. And, right. And I get it. But you know, they're still And they weren't as open as yeah. we are now. So, you know, that's the thing that I didn't want to become is I didn't want to become my dad. That's why yeah. maybe I take on responsibilities with Frankie. Yeah. That I, I don't know. Maybe most guys don't. I don't. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. 
I have no idea if I do or not. I'm just saying I am involved and I know You're, going into it, mm-hmm. I was going to be an involved parent. Yeah. Whether that means getting up at nights too or changing diapers or, you know. Uh, Taking care of the bath time. Yeah, bath time, stuff like that. You know, whatever it was, I wanted her to know that I care and I want a relationship with her yeah. from the get-go. Right. So... Um, do you think you wanting that stem from the fact that you didn't get it from your dad you didn't mm, get that relationship from your dad yes because and you want to avoid it yeah happening again exactly like i don't now i would say my dad's a good guy back then you know he was um and maybe this is another reason too why i wanted to be fully on well shoot I think my dad was pretty much honest, you know, about um, little side quest he was doing on my mom or whatever. And um, you don't, you can just don't. I, do, I know. I, I feel like you're trying to censor yourself, but no, not I'm not censoring myself. You don't have to. Okay, well, I mean, you know, he was, he wasn't being faithful to my mom, and you know, she took him back a few times, um, and you know, he was pretty honest about it honestly pretty blatant about it as well but you know i don't know now if he's seen the wrong only because my mom took him back and he has nothing anymore because you know he got into trouble with the law he got locked up my dad never became a citizen after being here 20 some odd years so what happens if you get a felony um, in America, in and America, you're an immigrant, you yeah, get deported. You get deported. So then when you get deported, what else happens? Your social security is gone. You get blacklisted. All that, all, yeah, yeah. All, no, the benefit is yeah, gone. Yeah, everything is you gone. Know, you know, now he's 60-something, and he can't claim social security. That yeah. was the only thing he had. You know, when I say we grew up poor, part of that was because of him. Because he would spend frivolous money on cars or something like that. I don't know what it is about Filipino dads and cars, but they want them things. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, he was spending money on cars. It was not, uh, you know, cars are already a money pit. But then when you add buying new cars and having them depreciate and then selling them again to trade them in and you're already negative on that then you just built up negative equity that you're going to pour onto that new car and then you haven't paid that down off you haven't paid that car off and you're going to do it again on another car because so if wa- you never learn i want to say this man probably got three brand new cars within one year oh my god you know and that lasted for years oh my god he was never the type to hold on to cars yeah. um and you know maybe that's where i i got my car obsession from as well but i definitely did it in a different way than he did i never really bought a new car just because i knew how much it would depreciate. Um, I've always made sure to get the best deal out of a car. Yeah. And if I did sell it, it would always be, if not, you know, what I have into the car, but, you know, for a profit. So that was, would you say that was the defining moment where you lost your respect for your dad? Was the cheating and the 
not being financially um aware aware <laughs> yeah but i, I want to say i lost i lost it for my dad the first time he cheated on my mom mm. and you know he kind of played a mind game on her and stuff like that he but, gaslighted her <laughs> yeah and then um you know granted they worked through it again and you know with the help of my uncle you know he kind of moderated it a little bit which i don't think was the best only because that's still my mom's brother you know yeah. he's he's a little biased yeah. in terms of that um, and you know maybe they they needed a real counselor counselor yeah. to to get them through well you know back then people don't really talk about their feelings to just anybody to just anybody yeah. so you know um your uncle did the best that he could for them right but a lot of that was uh, i want to say persecuting him for what he did and then making I mean, him feel I bad i and... don't blame <sighs> cheating is such a because you're you're not only cheating on your significant other you're cheating on your kid you're cheating on because yeah people give you a certain amount of trust and then now that trust is yeah, gone and it's not something that is you know it's not like what we do at costco where we'll open a bag and if we don't like it we can just take it back and it's okay yeah and, and that was a life lesson for me too just knowing that truth and honesty and the way people perceive you is already very fragile so once you break that trust it's really hard it's a very hard thing to repair yeah like we know some we know some friends who have cheated and their significant others took them back but it wasn't an easy you know they forgave but they didn't forget or you know mm -hmm. it, it's something that they have to still constantly work on yeah you got to go full-on forgiveness yeah, so for you to do that so but, now so now you know it's 2020 it's been a couple years since the whole incident with your dad what's your relationship with him now i know you touched on it a little bit yeah earlier. it's all very basic we we just call you know he says hey how are you doing how's frankie doing how's nikki doing how's work <laughs> i i think literally in that order right. and then he's like okay you want to speak to your mom like yep <laughs> i sure do <laughs> yeah oh i mean not not only because i think you know she speaks better english and but you know we can relate a lot more now it never it was not always that way but i grew a lot more respect for my mom um just throughout the years she's she's been great in trying to be the best parent she can be with minimal resources mm. but do you um do you still resent your dad for because i know we we joke about father angst and you know, when we first met, we had like a common yeah. We had a commonality. deep bond over that. Yeah, we had like a deep conversation about our fathers and stuff. Like, do you do you resent him? Do you what do you feel towards him? Because we were going to visit them yeah. before this pandemic hit, and I, I want to say before know. he got deported, yes, I didn't want to do anything with this man. Like, um, 
And, you know, the very common Filipino thing to say is, you know, that's still your dad. Yeah, I've, I've heard that so that's many times. That's still your dad, you know, because I wanted to just let him just sit in jail and rot. and To learn his lesson? Not to learn his lesson. I wanted to get away from him. I wanted mm. I wanted to totally disassociate myself with him. Mm. I wanted my mom to get a divorce from him. I wanted nothing to do with this man. I literally just wanted to take my mom, complete the divorce papers, mm-hmm. take her and leave and go somewhere. Yeah. Else, you know, of course I I'd take care of her the best as I could like yeah. at the time, you know, um but you know, I didn't want her suffering thinking that there was a future with this man Mm, you wanted it cut off i by all means i wanted to have no relationship with him Mm. i didn't want him to call i didn't want him to do any i didn't want to do anything with him yeah and that was me at first and i don't know maybe compassion or maybe my relatives got to me but they were like you know just give him a chance do this he's gonna repent for his sins or something <laughs> like that and i feel like that's everyone's um yeah saying so when i when i noticed he when he got um later on now that they live in the philippines i noticed that he's not the same kind of guy anymore like he definitely is very abiding to my mom now he they still have a little spat every here and there Mm -hmm. about like you know i could see my old dad trying to come out there in terms of like he (laughs) him wanting to spend money on something but that's money that they don't have they live on a fixed income yeah you know and it's not much you know because now they're only living on my mom's social security which she was only working part-time yeah my whole life Mm. you know yeah she had multiple jobs in the beginning but then later on when my dad had three jobs she was working part-time yeah so you know um i feel bad that we don't have a better relationship but right now i'm okay with where we're at this is this is the bed that we made in terms of like father-son relationship Mm. this is you know he didn't nurture that he didn't express. So do you think, um, and I mean, you can ask me the same question later, <laughs> but do you think when it comes to a relationship with, between a dad and a child, do you think it's all on the father to, like you said, to nurture that relationship? Like, young. like, yeah, well, now I'm talking to a 35-year-old man. Mm who has his own opinions and emotions and can take care of himself now i'm asking you as an adult do you think you're responsible to nurture that relationship or to try and um you know cultivate cultivate or fix or something and you know just be honest with him or with my daughter with well one with your dad and two with your daughter yeah I'm, I do feel obligated, well, not even obligated, I just feel like it's born in me to go ahead and be whatever father figure she needs me to be. Mm-hmm. As for my dad, I feel like we've tried. You think the ship has sailed? A little bit. Mm. And I 
And I think what we have right now is the closest that it's going to be to a survival ship. Mm, <laughs> because, yeah, the ship's already wrecked. Yeah. But, you know, we're just surviving now in terms of our relationship. Yeah. So if I'm okay with this and he's okay with this and we don't seem to talk about anything. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like now there's no, it's kind of like how you guys were when you were younger. It was just translating now to how are you <laughs> instead of go eat. Yeah, it's all just very basic very conversations. Superficial. Uh, there's not nothing, superficial. Yeah, I'm no. not going to tell him anything. Um, I'm going to always tell my mom first. Yeah. It seems like. Uh, only <clears> because <throat> it seems like he doesn't care that much. To be quite frank, I don't care that much. And I, and I want to say that I did try to... Look past his grievance. Like, give him an olive branch here. Yeah. You know, just be like, look... And I did. I got past the whole, you know, I'm going to leave you alone. Like, if if something were to happen, you know, I'll be there. Like, I'll be there for you when you need me to. But, mm. yeah. And for the most part, our relationship is damaged. Um, but we're okay. I gotcha. That's all. Okay. Yeah. Thank well, you for sharing that. Well, I think this might have lasted. No, we're we're good. Okay. Well, we might have to do like a forty-five minute podcast, which is fine with me. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you wanted to split it up into two. No, I think I think um. Uh, well, I did want to talk about my dad. Hmm. Um. Do you not anymore? No, it's not that I don't. It's just that um. Like you said, I feel like it's a little long, but um, I think it all started for me at a very young age. And, um, you know, cue the tears. (laughs) But um, I um, when I when I first went to therapy. Right. And for for anyone who hasn't talked to a therapist or um you know gone to therapy they don't actually ask you anything first they just ask you well the first thing that my therapist asked me was who is your support system Mm. right and i said my husband and um the next question she asked me was what's your relationship with your parent parents and um i think she was just trying to gauge how my emotional state is and you know what better way to find out (laughs) about a person than about their parents right Mm -hmm. so um and it all started and i told her it all mm, my relationship with my dad is fraught you know f-r-a-u-g-h but you know it's fraught it's not it's not healthy it's not it's nothing you know right now and um it all kind of went downhill when i was really young i want to say when do you start remembering things when you're younger four five around that yeah age. i think my earliest was yeah. around four early four yeah so um when we were in the philippines we lived in like a compound it, it's land owned by my grandparents but the land has multiple houses 
So we lived in like a bungalow that was a one bedroom at the time. And one corner of the bedroom is my parents' bed. And one corner would be my brother and I's bed. And I slept on the top bunk. We had a bunk bed. My younger brother wasn't born yet. And um, the earliest time I ever saw my dad hit my mom, I was very young. And that's not something that you forget. Um, Because I think my mom back then was really tiny. Like she was skinny and stuff, you know. So Mm. she was a small lady. And my dad was tossing her around like a rag doll, you know. So me as a little girl thinking, um, you know, my dad's supposed to be like this cool guy. Because he was an electrician and he was doing all sorts of cool things. And he went to Saudi for a while, so he was giving us chocolate and shit. Um, So I always thought he was like great. When I was younger, I always thought he was like, like you, you know, my dad is strong, you know, or my dad is like really good at this or something. And then when he started hitting my mom, it was just like that image of him just started shattering. My image of him started shattering. And I was like, this is not who I thought my dad is, Mm -hmm. you know. And he, he kept doing that for a while in front of us, in front of his parents, because my, pa- my grandparents used to live there, too. Mm. He didn't care who saw it. He verbally, um, physically, everything. He abused my mom, you know. And, it, and seeing that for, you know, such a long time, up until the time my mom finally was able to go to America... That kind of ruined everything for me already, right? So, but then you hear the, tatay mo pa rin yan, you know, or like the, patawarin mo na kasi yung tatay mo, pagpasensyahan mo na. It's always like, you should be the one to forgive your father. Mm-hmm. You, the young, impressionable child, you should forgive the the old, the adult one who, you know apparently can't handle his emotions like i remember my grandma sitting me down my mom was already in america here right and um she was like you know your dad she tried to make it like like i should be sad about it she was like you know your dad has heart problems and um he just doesn't know how to manage his anger and for like a, 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 tiny, a, a tiny bit of time, I was like, really? Like, you know, that sucks. You know, I'm sorry. I didn't know. And then he would do the same thing again. He would call my mom on the phone. And you know, back then, phone cards were expensive, right? Mm-hmm. So he would threaten my mom because we, we already had our passports done back then. Um, and he would threaten my mom like, you'll never see your kids again you'll never see them i'm gonna burn their passports they can never come there you know i've seen letters i've read texts i've seen everything and how he treated my mom maybe he saw my mom moving to america as like he feels less than or maybe he didn't feel like he was providing for his family and my mom had to be the one to do that Mm -hmm. you know he my mom you know, I 
I don't know what her mind mind was going through back then. She was twenty four, twenty like late twenties. Just fix this real quick. Sorry. Yeah, my mom was like late twenties or sorry, late twenties. Yeah, when you know she had me and my brother, and maybe she stuck it out long enough, as long as she could, because you know it's hard when you have kids. Mm. You know you can't just. When you're married but have no kids, it's easy to leave. Mm. You know, it's easy to just be like, yeah, F this, I'm out. You know, and um, my mom already sacrificed a lot for him. You know, she turned her whole back on her family. She changed religions. She she accepted the the public lashing of her family saying like, you know, you don't need to do this. We don't approve of him. Stuff like that. You know, they they were high school sweethearts. And um, my mom got pregnant with my older brother. And, you know, back then, you have to be married mm-hmm. if you're pregnant. So Do right by my cat. Yeah, my it's like that. And, um, you know, maybe she was forced into it. Maybe they were both forced into it. I don't know. But just the fact that my early image of him was already him putting a hole through the wall because he punched he was trying to punch my mom but he missed Mm. or throwing my mom on a glass table just stuff like that i'll never forget and until now it's such a hard um thing to talk about and you know like you it's something i would never want my child to Mm -hmm. to have to see or go through and then you know one time when when we were here my mom was like why are you so heartless like how come you don't you don't care about me like that and I was like it's not that I don't care about you it's just that I've been conditioned to not show emotion because my dad when me and my brother would get into mischief was you know we were young Mm -hmm. we would get hit um with the belt both mm. of us. It didn't matter who started it. It didn't matter if it was just one person. He would hit us regardless. Mm. You know. With um with my younger brother, he was so young that he didn't get to see I guess the bad parts. He got to see the post, you know, the post war. <laughs> just like Yeah, how your dad was after how, the fact. Yeah, that. how my dad was after and you know That's why probably he has better memories of your father than Yeah, you do. maybe he does, you know, or maybe he doesn't have so much disdain over him because mm. he didn't get to see the worst parts of him. He saw yeah. So um now we don't have a relationship when um when we were going through the visa process, you know, um, my mom was like, as soon as your your um, your petition gets approved, I'm buying you guys a ticket. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys are getting out of there. And because, you know, Brian was my brother was getting old and, you know, there's a certain age that I guess they yeah, have, to, have to. Yeah, that they have to, you know, come here and um so you know she was she was already yeah she was in a rush to get she was in a rush to get us here and um one of my dad's siblings um kind of well i overheard them talking it was just like um you need to start 
building that relationship with your kids mm-hmm. again because once they leave the country you'll you'll never you might not see them again you know mm. and um you know you would think if you heard that from your sibling that you would want to or you know you would take that as a as a sign to be a better father but no it wasn't it's like it didn't it didn't um register to him you know yeah. he he spent a lot of his free time hanging out with younger people you know he felt like he was a bachelor because we were taken care of remember we had a we had a housekeeper who gave us meals and did our clothes and all of that so he felt like he was a bachelor he would stay out late he would drink he would smoke he um sorry that's my phone (laughs) um he would he didn't have any care for us maybe because he thought we were already taken care of that it wasn't his responsibility anymore or um he got mad when he found out that my mom had been sending the money directly to us instead of to him Mm -hmm. um and um you know i don't know how their marriage was back then but it was just a lot of hate on his part like he just hated everything that you know if it wasn't to his liking kind of like with your dad Mm -hmm. it wasn't a good day right so now i think um something that we did have in common maybe something that i had to force you to do was your a little credit to your father he did want to try to get into frankie's life yeah and he um he tried he's trying right and i remember you know he did contact me um oh he did right so yeah he was the one who contacted me about you know pictures of frankie and stuff Mm, like that i didn't know yeah you did i told you i don't remember (laughs) yeah um and i was like hey your dad's trying to reach out and i was like yeah he's been trying to he's been oh yeah yeah okay i remember that yeah you're like yeah he's been texting me and i don't want to talk to him i was like and you know you hit me with that that's still your father well no (laughs) not quite the same and i understand coming from a similar situation but not quite the same Mm -hmm. that although he i i kind of just wanted to get you guys into the same relationship my father and i have where you could just be cordial you could just be cordial because he's he's trying to at least make up for it with trying to be there for his granddaughter yeah so my um one of my aunts his sister his younger sister actually reached out to me and she said kind of like the same thing she was like you know i she said on behalf of my brother and i was like no that's not that's not your job i don't want you to say sorry for my dad mm-hmm. i need him yeah to, to know his fault but you know then the the, the ego comes into play yeah and, and I, I don't i don't in my whole lifetime i don't expect him to say sorry mm-hmm. and you know and this is gonna sound weird when i'm gonna say 20 i don't even remember the year but he had a stroke he mm-hmm. had a really bad stroke and it was one where um, it um, it semi it made him it partially blind, like on his left eye. I think he can't see well anymore until mm-hmm. now. 
And but when he was in the hospital, we got a call. We were at work. Me and my brother were at work. They were like, "Your dad's at the hospital. Um, we just want to let you guys know, so on and so forth." And and it's gonna sound so bad, but I felt like some kind of relief. You mm. know, I felt like he was always such a dark shadow. Like he wasn't. You know, every time I recall or think about anything about him, I don't have a lot of good memories. And so finding out that he might pass, you know, within the week or within the day brought me some kind of weird comfort. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, wow, the suffering's going to end. I don't know why I thought of it like that. Um, and then, you know, my brother and I were, I don't want to speak for him, but we... We were both kind of like, are we going home if he died? We're just like, are we? I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so he recovered and um, he, my grandma, his mom, was the one who reached out to us. Um, because like I said, he never cultivated that relationship. As soon as we left for America, we never heard. I think I, I only heard from him a couple times and then that was it, you know. Um, and everyone's trying to, you know, make our relationship work, but I don't want it that way. Everyone's trying for him. Mm. No, you know, I, I don't accept it. Right. And I think that's one I would, I tried to get just with you and say, look, I'm not telling you to forgive him. I'm not telling you to feel something totally different than what you feel now. Mm-hmm. I just wanted you to allow him to try to make and some, I, some yeah, 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 to make some kind of relationship with Frankie, because at least she can make her own decision I'm, about him, and yes. you know, at least she'll know that her her grandfather was there yes. for part of the life whether it be you know just over the yeah. phone or whatever. and and i do and i do allow that to happen you mm. know i send pictures or videos or you know if um if we post on facebook like a story he'll comment like oh she's getting big or oh you know she's talking a lot and we leave it at that mm-hmm. and um you know i um uh, I think the last time that we talked, it was right before she turned one. And he was just like, oh, don't forget to send pictures for when you guys go to Vegas for the wedding. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. I just said, okay, like, okay. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't feel good about it, but I will still do it. Right. You know, so... I I definitely don't want to deprive my daughter of meeting her grandfather, of having a chance to see him and talk to him. Of course, I would never, you know, do that. But I if if anyone asked me, you know, to repair that, I I'm going to say no. Yeah. And I I don't think like you said, I don't think I'll ever I don't think I can never forgive him. Yeah, I think we're on the same boat pretty much about that. Yeah, um, and and it stems from a lot of trauma when you're younger. You know, therapy is basically healing your inner kid, inner mm-hmm. child. So all the stuff that 
I went through because of him, it's not something that goes away completely. And I would never want Frankie to see and, you know, so on and so forth. And hopefully when, if, when and if she does decide to have kids, it's going to be the same thing for us. Right. You know. Okay. Well, that's just a little. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know you guys get hit with the sad episodes every once in a while. But this is, you know, this was just part of our lives, um, something that we had to deal with. And I don't talk about it to anyone. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, both coming from abusive parents, I think that's something that we definitely don't want our child to see. Um, you know, maybe Nikki expanded on it more than or elaborated on her situation more than I did mine, but, you know, my dad was fairly similar to that. Maybe not quite as frequent because maybe, I, you know, I could only count. I could count only two situations on when he actually laid hands yeah, on my mom. Yeah, and I can't count how many times because yeah. it's so many. I, but when he did, you know, there were, there were altercations. And uh, that's not something you want to remember as a child either. So, I mean, if if you get anything out of this is, you know, a lot of people say, um, you know, don't, I maybe I'll just phrase it in terms of would you want that to happen to you? And, you know, for me and Nikki, I'm sure it's no. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're just going to, we look back on our fathers and somewhat thankful that we have something that we don't want Uh, we have a you know we have something to reference that Mm. that's not the way we want a relationship to be so i'm sorry i just want to cut in and and you know what i don't know what our fathers were thinking when they did those things you know they were young (laughs) (laughs) you know they were younger maybe they they didn't know how to you know filter their emotions or communicate whatever whatever it was yeah or if it was even something that was passed on from their parents yeah and i i completely understand that but it's the fact that it's years later Mm. and there's no I, i think that's why i asked you that question earlier was like is it the father or is it the older adult's responsibility to sustain a relationship with their child Mm. and i i think it's if they already didn't set an example of i'm going to try mm. then i think the kid the younger person gets a pass mm. Mm. i think Agreed. that's just me i you agree uh, people will disagree for sure They'll but be try like, yeah I'm... try you might fail but try um yeah. You know, you never want to be too far away from a relationship that you wish you were just like, oh, I can't have that back. So at least an attempt at it, you know, at least you had that. But, um, you know, this will wrap it up for this episode. Thanks for hanging in there with us. (laughs) Yeah, uh... and crying with us. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, thanks again. Um, And if you guys have any other uh, questions that you might have, you know, you can reach us on the Dear Frankie, at Dear Frankie podcast on Instagram. Leave us a comment or something like that, or even just a suggestion on what you want to do. We do get pretty deep into these conversations, yeah. and you know we try to be as transparent as we can be. 
with how we feel our past experiences and whatnot so you know don't be shy we you know we tend to not be either (laughs) (laughs) and we try to we try to help everybody be a better person of what they are already so um you know frankie we love you (laughs) yeah you have very very loving people around you okay uh that does it for us we'll see you guys on the next one bye-bye Hi.